What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. We got a full house on the show today. Shamari and Kendall are both here doing the show with us. We have a lot to talk about. We're talking about Shazam, which is now only uh, less than two weeks away from debuting in theaters. We're starting to get our first reviews now that the embargo has been lifted and pretty much all the early words that this movie is fantastic. So we'll talk plenty about that. Also, we've reached a new, um, I guess, a, a, a new landmark uh, in the world of superhero move, uh, movies in the fact that we have a complete deal now with Disney and Fox where officially the properties, the Marvel properties that belong to Fox for all these years, almost 20 years at this point, they now head back over to Disney who owns Marvel Studios. So Fantastic Four and X-Men properties that have been out of the grasp of uh, Kevin Feige and the people at Marvel Studios is now back home. We'll talk a little bit about the early stuff we heard about uh, that deal and the ramifications of it. We also got uh, a scandal involving the top dog at Warner Brothers who is now out of a job. Kevin Tujawa done as the uh, president of Warner Brothers Pictures. Uh, and then uh, we'll give a, what, we're going to introduce a new segment called Temperature Checks. Uh, we're going to be talking about a movie we haven't talked about in a while. We're trying to see work this out and see if this is a cool thing we can do. So uh, I won't tell you what the movie is yet, but it's a movie that is certainly going to have a lot of attention on it uh, very soon. And we have some interesting news regarding its production, um, kind of its, its production schedule and kind of how things have been going early on. So that being said, should be a great show. The Flash and Arrow will be our episode recaps this week. I know we are very behind on the God, on Gotham, uh, Doom Patrol, and Black Lightning. And the Black Lightning, I think, had a, a season finale this week. But um, but we will be on those shows next starting next week. We'll probably be doing at least one or two of those shows. So we'll be catching up. Black Lightning with the season finale, of course, we'll try to get to probably a lot quicker. Uh, so it should be great. I'm excited to do this show. Joining me are my co-hosts, again, starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, what are you looking forward to talking about today? I'm uh, looking forward to talking about everything. Uh, these are all very interesting stories. Uh, probably take some time talking about each of them. Right now, um, I think that, of course, at Disney Fox, we can all speculate based on that. We have been for uh, for quite some time now. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about Shazam. I mean, we're getting a lot of really positive uh, feedback regarding Shazam. Um, you know, we all thought from the first trail that it was going to be good, so I'm looking forward to talking about those reviews. Kendall joins us as well from Philadelphia. Kendall, what are you looking forward to talking about today? Yeah, I mean... You know, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of business talk, a lot of legal talk. But um, you know, I definitely feel like with the whole Warner Brothers hierarchy now being like turned upside down a little bit, that's certainly a, a major gonna have a major effect. I would imagine. Uh, well, I guess we'll talk about whether or not it'll have an effect. But you know, you would think it may have a major effect on the DCEU uh, going forward, um, as well as obviously the the finalization of this uh, Disney-Fox merger takeover deal that we've, talk- we've discussed at nauseum for months and pretty much a year. So. Should be a great show, guys. Thank you guys for joining me, and hopefully uh, you guys will enjoy it back home listening or wherever you guys are at work or on, in the car. Um, so let's get right to it. So let's first start off with Shazam, because I think... Um, 
that's the talk around Shazam, I think, is reaching a fever pitch in regards to the critical response. The initial uh, reaction embargo was lifted, I think, a week ago, a couple weeks ago. So we started seeing a couple of those reactions come in. People were saying, yo, this movie is amazing. And now we have the official review embargo lifted, which doesn't feel early to you guys. Is this am I uh, this feels early to me f- to have the embargo for reviews lifted. Like there are full reviews of this movie out now. They're not spoiler. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've been I feel like this is how it was kind of early on. But lately we've been getting so much late review embargo lists. Yeah. Like review embargoes lifting like the week of the movie. Right, exactly. So, I mean, well, it yeah, feels earlier. Yeah, I always look at that as like, I mean, we always everybody, you know, in the movie business like, you know, we dissect everything. So, Typically, you know, you dissect like, well, if a if a studio has an earlier embargo, that probably means they're a little bit more confident in their movie than they if they have the embargo like the day before the movie comes out. Oh yeah, you know? then the Fantastic Four bar- embargo was like, yeah, was like Friday at midnight. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that is true, but it does feel like even uh, to be fair though, I feel like even in recent years, regardless of whether or not movie was well received or poorly received. The embargo has been pretty close to the dates that I remember. I mean, I feel like Marvel has been putting it right up to the to the week of, yeah, right? especially basically Marvel. for I every movie why. now. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't remember Aquaman being this early. I remember the reactions being kind of early, but the the review, full reviews uh, it seems a little weird. But anyway, uh, we're kind of digressing right now. But so the reviews are out and. Um, from all accounts, like I said before, the momentum for this movie is extremely high because the critics seem to really love this film. Uh, I have not seen a bad review yet. Um, I'm, I obviously I've not been like scouring to to really read all these reviews. I'm trying to stay away for spoiler purposes. But from the glancing I've seen and the, the snippets I've seen, I haven't really seen any real negative opinions about this movie, which is. St- Surprise! Not surprising because I think I I had a feeling this movie was gonna be really good, but I think it's it's just surprising because of what we've seen from DC in recent years, which uh, has been that their movies have been quite polarizing, with the exception of Wonder Woman. Uh, Aquaman was mostly well received, but even that movie had its detractors. So I kind of I kind of grown to expect there to be some kind of backlash or some. Uh, thing to this movie even though i i fully expected it to be really good so the uniform nation the new numer- the excuse me the uniformity of the nature of these reviews has me uh really intrigued by the fact that everyone seems to really love this movie i'll read you guys a couple of snippets that were posted online so i'll start with the hollywood reporter that says uh soups and bats will never die but in shazam a character who's been around for 70 decades seven decades uh and is only now breaking through the mainstream. Youngsters have a new family-friendly hero to call their own. Uh, let's see who else I want to read. Uh, let's do USA Today. They say there are so many moments in, that unfold in this film that will have you smiling from ear to ear at how perfect and clever they are. Whether they're addressing familiar tropes, embracing the world uh, and situation they're living in, or simply turning the genre out, turning the genre out a bit. The film is hardly a stale recreation of everything you've seen before, and that's a beautiful thing. It also benefits uh, from some genuinely rousing and heroic moments, some of which I can simply can't simply spoil here. Uh, no matter 
how you slice it, and despite any flaws in pacing or style, Shazam is an absolute gem and a damn fun time in the movies. Entertaining Weekly says, The hardest power to depict on screen is the wisdom of Solomon, but Shazam makes clever decisions, uh, mixing middle school snark with disarming sweetness, and yes, it delivers the requisite lightning strike punch-em-ups with considerable force. The rap said, ultimately, Shazam is probably a little too mature for actual children and too childish for adults, but it serves well enough to warrant a sequel that explores the good, clever ideas introduced in this one. Let's hope people who are the right age or least mindset make that one. Um, so that was maybe your first, the first, like, not a complete, you know, stamp of approval, but still not a negative review at all. IGN says, yet the fact that everything Shazam does from taking bullets in the face to popping in and out of superhero identity by barking the word Shazam uh, seems both valiant and slightly daffy is part of the film's char- uh, change-up charm. Shazam suggests that if you're taking a superhero's powers deadly serious, you may not be totally connecting with the spirit of the comics. The movie says you got to giggle at this stuff. But, uh, that's part of the adventure. So um, this uh, this this is these are pretty great responses and last one i read here because i just glanced at it guardian says one of the best dc superhero origin films ever made Shazam is also one of the best and most fun superhero movies films from any company whatever your superhero sensibilities you're going to love shazam so like i said extremely high marks everyone seems to love this film shamari does the uh does the high praise for shazam surprise you no uh well a little bit i didn't, I didn't know if it would be this this well praised, you know. I thought it'd be hovering maybe around ninety percent, you know, high eighties. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Right now it's at ninety five percent, so it's super high, right now. Captain Marvel is only at seventy eight percent for embarrassing. So right, you know. So I mean, um, so yeah. I mean, I, I'm already hearing a lot of people talking about how they like this movie more than Captain Marvel, you know. Um, and this is not necessarily coming from people that were y'all hated Captain Marvel from the jump. Sure, you know it's just people that are like I prefer this movie. This is, is a great movie, you know. So I am, uh, you know, I'm very excited to see this movie now. Um, I heard that the action and even some aspects of the story and the villain are very particularly uh, dark, even even though this movie seems more like a lighthearted movie. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I think it's interesting. I feel, I think the fact that they're getting someone that is mainly like a horror director mm-hmm. to to create this kind of movie. Yeah, I've seen people say that there's some aspects of this movie that are downright scary. Yeah. Which is interesting. Which I think that that is very interesting, yeah. And I think that that can be very cool, you know. Um, uh, I mean, Shazam is a character that deals in magic, mm-hmm. so I think that that fits. Um, and... I, I don't know. I'm just really, really excited. And I think it's cool that we have, uh, or what seems to be, an, another home run uh, for the new worlds of DC. Yeah. Which, by the way, a name they haven't really been, like, championing, even though, like, yeah. that is supposed to be the name of this new uh, universe yeah, that they're so creating. Yeah, it's funny, because I feel like we haven't gotten an official word of what it is. I, their report came out that now it's the world's DC, but, I, again, I have not seen any... Uh, any marketing around that name, though they were very quick to market the DCEU. Uh, Kendall, are you surprised by the the wide praise that Shazam is getting so far? Uh, surprised in what sense? Like surprised, like today? Are you, sur- or are you surprised, sur- like are- from like 
two, two, three months ago. Uh, I'll because we talked about. I'll just say like right, right. right. I, I yeah, I guess. I guess take away what we've kind of heard from these reactions, kind of to think about what you kind of saw in this movie's development, how we, we've been, we talked right. a lot about this movie for months. Like, now that we're here, are you surprised that this movie, by all accounts, seems like a, a straight home run uh, for DC? Yeah, I mean, it's surprising to an extent because, I mean, you know, I had concerns about... Uh, you know, the casting and some of the ways that some of the things that, uh, you know, how some of the stuff was coming together when it came to, like I said, the development of the movie. But I feel like the one thing that always gave me confidence was that this movie was kind of one of, probably the start, really, of the post-Snyder, like, DCEU. Mm-hmm. And so that always was, like, I always said I thought like I thought Wonder Woman and Aquaman had a good chance of being bad and those movies weren't. Um but I always said look Shazam would be the start of like all right now like now like if you're making bad movies like you can't blame Snyder in the in the slightest like right. had nothing to do with that side. And so in that in that sense like it was definitely going to be a different type of movie and that's what that's what it sounds like happens. In this movie, it sounds like this is a different type of DC movie that we've seen in the last five to ten years. And, I mean, that's definitely intriguing. Um, the fact that it has that 95% Rotten Tomato score, I think it's, it's... I mean, it's still early, but that's definitely... Um, that's, you know, that's definitely notable. Because you have a, you have a movie like Captain Marvel that... Well, that movie's definitely going to be more divisive just because there is... It's you know a political spin that was attached to that movie uh, by the media. I feel like uh, the fact that even that movie that I think was largely very well received is only at seventy eight percent, and this movie is at ninety five. I mean ninety five is for a superhero movie is rarely really high. Yeah. Um, so you know because you know the number is gonna come down. So even if it does, it's gonna be living in that ninety two. It'll likely be in the ninety one range. Yeah. It's not. It yeah. shouldn't dip below ninety, which is remarkable. It's me. This movie does ninety percent. I mean, those are you're talking about the elite superhero movies at that point. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, I'm interested yeah. to see like. I mean, Captain America: Civil War is at ninety one percent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, I'm just interested to see what. We'll have to, you know, see the movie before we really, really, like, digest, like, the future. But, you know, what type of impact will this have on DC? Will they feel like, you know, now Shazam's his own, like, property? You know, or is he his own brand at this point? Like, Yeah, is there a point where, yeah, I kind of wonder, Kendall, there's a point where Shazam kind of becomes, like, Fox's Deadpool. You're right. Yeah. You know where, because because you can even see in the TV spots we're seeing now, clearly they they have they're they're gonna have a lot of fun with the DC lore with this character, um, just yeah. like they like Fox had a lot of fun with the X Men lore with Deadpool. There's there was the 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 obvious kind of like you know thirst and lust for having Ryan Reynolds Deadpool somehow interact with uh with with the real X Men and at the very least Hugh Jackman. And there's still that kind of like lust of like, okay, well now that he's with Disney, we can get him with, you know, the characters we like to see in the Avengers and things like that. But there, there is value 
to having him kind of live in his own world. And I wonder if for Shazam, we're going to see that kind of same thing play out for DC. Because even though it's not as dark, I think the humorous nature of it, the freewheeling nature of those movies that they're able to, the way they're able to make them, I think it, 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 it definitely to me could be their answer to Deadpool, which we know is a, is a juggernaut, no pun intended, when it comes to uh, now Disney's uh, property take intake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I am interested to see how they use Shazam going forward. Uh, I feel like it's hard to really judge now because we, of course, we haven't seen the movie yet. Sure. I feel like once we see the movie, we'll be able to say, okay, here's where Shazam fits. Because I feel like with all these characters going forward, they're going to try to have them fit in a certain like mold. Um, kind of like the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe, but even probably less less like completely intertwined, you know. So like Aquaman has everything sea related, obviously. You know, and Wonder Woman, uh, I mean, well, I guess we'll see with Wonder Woman 84. Um, and with uh, Shazam, maybe he has everything, like, kind of magical or mystical or, sure. or uh, you know, stuff like that. So, um, you know, so I feel like, you know, we're, we're kind of, I feel like we're, now we're kind of really setting up this DC universe, I guess you can say. Um, even though they may, like I said, they're not as connected because they're supposed to, in some way, instances, like with this Joker movie, for example, yeah. like it's not even going to be in the same universe. Yeah. So it'll be even yeah. more split up. It'll be more like a comic book where like maybe someday they will mix up or whatever. You know, we're not ex- really like explicit with regards to like what universe someone is in. Sure. But, you know, they're, they're trying to get a feel for these characters. They're, trying to, they're going to decide where they fit in the world and how they're going to be like. How they're going to be mixing them in the movies? I mean, uh, you know, and I don't know because I haven't been looking up the spoilers. Mm-hmm. But there's supposed to be some cameos in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't know who, I don't know when, I don't know anything like that. But stuff like that makes me think. Okay, so they're already thinking about that. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. I'm 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 excited for what for what is uh, to come. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, I- I'm excited. I think that uh, DC. I think that. Y- can I agree with Kendall that like this does kind of feel like a new day for DC with this movie because anything involving Zack Snyder, there's no longer any of that stench. And I don't mean that to be offensive to him, but just like obviously clearly what he brought to the table was not liked by a lot of people. So even in Wonder Woman or even in Aquaman, when you see those movies, like, yes, because he was, like, kind of fired, like, by the time those movies were coming out, especially he was gone by Aquaman, for sure. The, you know, the directors probably had more freedom to kind of do what they pleased. But, like, at the end of the day, they, those stories were pitched to Zack Snyder. So they were still somewhat in his vision. This is the first movie. This was, and this was, we talked about it. I mean, it was crazy how, like, he got fired and they still greenlit this movie pretty quickly. And I was like, well, they must be really confident in this script. And it, I'm sure it has nothing to do with Zach. And I think this is probably their venture into going away from it. And the fact that Shazam, he was such a good choice, too. I think of all the heroes that they could have had, let's say, who are we going to start our new day for DC with? Shazam is a perfect choice because he's nothing like any other characters they've been dealing with. Right. Um, they, also- they don't have another character who's a teenager, um, uh, who's mystical. None of those aspects they've touched at all. One of them maybe touches a little bit with mysticism, but not nearly as much. Like, go ahead, yeah. Kendall. 
Well, I was just saying, I think from even a, a broader perspective, like I think that he was the right choice because he was he's very low risk, high reward. Because mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out, no one's gonna be like, You guys ruined Shazam. Yeah, yeah, it's not Batman. Exactly. It's you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a you know, a throwaway. And if it's great, you know, then you have like well one, it proves look, if we could do a dope Shazam, might as well go go see Batman. Um, so that's in that sense I thought he it made sense to kind of push this movie before you push a Flash or a Batman or whatever else they have planned down the road. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, let's move on now. Let's talk about uh, the Disney Fox deal, which, like I said earlier today, is officially done. It's wrapped up uh, as of 12.02 on, I believe, Wednesday. Um, the properties belonging to Fox that included the X-Men, Deadpool, Fantastic Four, uh, those properties are officially now in the hands of uh, Disney, in the hands of Marvel Studios. As I said last week, we would be remiss not to mention that these uh, acquisitions also come, unfortunately, with the layoffs of 4,000 to 5,000 employees um, at Fox. So, of course, we uh, our, our thoughts are with them, and, and we hope that those people land on their feet, and we hope that Disney finds a way to maybe repurpose some of these people back into the fold. Um one of the early, you know, outside of superheroes, one of the early casualties of this move immediately seemed to be the Fox 2000 studio uh, being taken apart. That is a studio that brought, uh, like, uh, uh, Hidden Figures um, and a couple of other of these very popular mid-budget, low-budget movies that have done extremely well, both commercially and critically. Uh, Disney's immediately shuttering those operations, so... If you're if you're one of those people who said okay yes I know you guys are concerned about like independence and stuff but like it won't be that bad like that was not a great first sign to see such a, a really strong subdivision be just canned uh, immediately but staying on uh, our side of things when it comes to superhero news obviously this is exciting in that standpoint the first word we're getting from there is that uh, Deadpool is the character that really will be the only one. Who will survive the the switchover? Ryan Reynolds and the what they've established with that character will pretty much not be touched. I'm sure it'll be adjusted because they have to adjust it with, with whatever they do with Marvel Studios. But we're not gonna have a new actor. It's not gonna be new casting. Uh, they're not gonna drastically change the character. And to me, when they the way they say that, that makes me think that we're not gonna have like a PG-13 Deadpool. From what I gather, uh, Bob Iger seems to be quite high on Deadpool as a as a as a as a as an asset to Disney, which he certainly is, but everything else seems to be fair game. And that the first time we really would probably see these characters come to our big screens, it looks like right now the earliest we're seeing is probably something like 2021, which is the word we've kind of been hearing for now pretty much a year because we've been following the story for a long time. We've kind of been hearing, okay, when would be the first time we see a movie with one of these characters? And 2021 has been like the pretty much the solid date. That's still the date that it sounds like they're, they're sticking with. So I'll, I'll toss it to you, Kendall. Uh, what are some of the uh, biggest takeaways you you take you got your eye on in regards to the completion of the Disney Fox deal? Yeah, um, I mean I'm glad it's done. Uh, you know there was all these. It felt like we've had months of like, oh, it might not go through, and you know the lawyers are gonna find a way to shut this down, or the the feds are gonna find a way to shut this deal down, but. Um, ultimately, uh, it is done and 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like a lot of the conversations we've had, uh, they can all be kind of summarized, you know, in the sense that obviously it's big for Marvel to acquire somebody like the X-Men, somebody like Deadpool. When you talked about Deadpool, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if Deadpool is like only Ryan Reynolds for the most part is is brought back, and they kind of re reset everything else. the The thing about Deadpool is that like I feel like, and he can be included in the MCU, and like yeah, I don't think anybody would care. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I feel like I, I feel like Zazzy Beats certainly was a really strong domino. I don't see what the value would be in recasting her um the only thing is now i mean i mean you don't have to. i, I think the guy who played weasel was great too like i don't know what what the value is recasting him tj miller yeah it, I, I feel like he had like a scandal so i don't even know if he did he back. i yeah. don't know <laughs> i was like i don't know tj miller's uh, uh he I, they almost took him out of the last movie I did but, not know that, that he had any kind of scandal. Uh, apparently, he was arrested at some point, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, no, but I, I definitely I definitely feel like I wouldn't be surprised. Only because of the nature of Deadpool's yeah. character. Yeah, he was, a, he was accused of sexual misconduct. Ooh, well. Yeah. Allegations. I remember that's that. Not, that's, not gonna, that's not going to work at the mouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember that. Like, that, like, that came out before Deadpool 2 came out. Yeah. Like, people were like, Yo, are they going to pull him out of the movie? But. They didn't. He ended up not being that huge of a character in that movie, but um, yeah. But I just feel like the nature of his character—you could kind of like write him into any situation and get, break the fourth wall as to why he's even there. Like, um, but with the other characters, like you have to recast. Like you can't really. I mean, you don't have to, but it would take a lot of convincing to convince people that like McAvoy and those guys like. Right now, yeah, McAvoy's always trying to already trying to line up with DC. He's like, Oh, I would love to play a DC villain like the Riddler. <laughs> like so he I know gets me know where he stands. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame that we're not we're never gonna see a McAvoy Professor X again. He was great. I mean we will we will see it in a couple of months. Uh, am, am I am I gonna see it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, wow. Okay. Um <laughs> But yeah, like I don't know. I mean I, I feel the same way. I I hope that we, they find some way to include McAvoy and Fastbender. I mean, I would have loved to see McAvoy and Fastbender, um, you know, interact with the uh, uh, really any of the any of the uh, Marvel MCU people. Though I don't know how that I don't know how that would happen just timeline in terms of the timeline. But um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, you know, seeing how how what they do with these characters and and how they end up integrating these characters um I, you know i'm glad they're saying 2021 that's the earliest that i could see anything you know being finalized though and, and ej we yeah. even talked we had talked about this you know in that uh i want to get your take on this and i want to get your take on, as well kennel do you think there's any possibility mm-hmm. they will tease anything at the end of endgame with regards to whether it be x-men the fantastic four anybody I mean, I think anybody, there's a chance. I, I would be surprised. It's so hard because when we get, okay, what's a teaser? I mean, to me, like, when I think we, like, it could there be an X sign or something? I mean, I guess. 
uh, you know, I, I wouldn't. Do, I, I'd be shocked with anything X Men related. I, I I tend to think that <laughs> I tend to think that the X Men and Fantastic Four. I I don't think we're gonna see that. I, I think I think the thing that I think we very well like my leading guess for what the end game post credit scene is gonna be. That's like not like that. that if it's gonna like tease us into the next phase or whoever the next big villain is, I think it's gonna be like a Galactic Silver. Sensor. I agree. I think that, and we've already Sorry, gotten exactly what EJ we've already gotten the tea leaves of Silver Surfer possibly being in this movie. It's not like this would be like I mean for people who aren't paying attention and for people to remind you guys what we're even talking about. An IMDb page a couple a year ago or maybe a couple years ago, and when Infinity War was part one and two, there was a casting and a character for Silver Surfer. So. Uh. I feel like that one was that was for Infinity War though, from what I remember. Right, but remember, at one at a certain point, Infinity War was two movies. It was two movies. So that they that guy could have they could have had that, that person second. in yeah. Infinity War, and then it became Infinity War, and then Endgame. So, and and to me, I just feel like to me, I also feel like because if the civil if the secret if the Silver Surfer thing happened. And that IMD page really was like a tea leaf that like people caught on to and it ended up being in the movie. That would have meant that Fox and Disney would have worked out a deal for those specific characters. Because remember, at that point, the Disney Fox thing, I'm sure there may have been negotiations or, you know, I know Fox was, it was really basically a bidding war that happened with, ended up being a bidding war that happened with Fox and Disney and Comcast came in. But, you know, it wasn't a done deal that, that oh, it was definitely, everything was definitely going to go to Disney. So Disney would, you know, Fox wouldn't have known. Or Disney wouldn't have known it, but like, oh, we're gonna have all these characters anyway. So like, yeah, like just give me like you know, Galactus and and Silver Surfer, no big deal. Like to me, I think that that would have had to have been an individual deal, similar to what we've seen with um, with Spider Man, and and it's kind of unclear what exactly still the deal is with the scrolls. Because sometimes some people are saying there may have been a deal worked out. Some people are saying, well, actually, Fox just had Super Scroll, not the scrolls. But like maybe they're perhaps that's why we have the scrolls in the, in the Captain Marvel movie too. Uh, and there have been other small trades that have happened between Fox and Disney that I can't remember off the top of my head, but that have happened that have allowed uh, certain characters to go one place and in in in, uh, in 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 return for something else. I think there's a very good chance that that could have happened with Galactus and so so far already, and now this is just the rest of the cast coming in. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is possible, Sham. X Men and Fantastic Four. Unless you're gonna, there's gonna be. A, I mean, to me, a four sign or X. I don't think that doesn't do anything for me. So if you want, I mean, I guess that then the answer would be yes. That could happen. Now, what but is to me, like my, my thing is, oh, like a mutant thing or someone saying like something like that happening. I don't see that happening. I don't see where it is. Sometimes we see a scene of a of a Professor X or a person or, or you know the you know a family going off on the spaceship. You know, a four and they. You know, I don't think we're gonna see any of that. See the. Uh, Oh yeah. I was only going to say the only other. Uh, well, I think the leading guess for me, in terms of most realistic end credit scene, I think it will probably be something secret invasion related. But if it's not, I agree. Then I think there's a good chance if they're going to really try and break the internet. It would be Silver Surfer Galactus related. I, I well, I agree that my leading guess is something secret invasion. Um, well, though not not so much after after Captain Marvel, but. It would have been Secret Invasion, and I mean, I mean, the scrolls are here, so it could still be Secret Invasion. Uh, but either way, I think, I think, I mean, I, the way that I feel is, I think they could have shot something, 
but just uh, just as as a thing of like okay if the deal goes through we're gonna put this at the end of infinity war or at the end of endgame you know but if the deal doesn't go through this will just be canned and it will just be something that we filmed but that we just didn't use you know um so i feel right. like they could have filmed something for not necessarily like because they don't have any cast anyone cast as anybody but they're not so they're not gonna have you know professor like some cg thing yeah yeah so i mean i feel like they may film something um uh you know i don't know if they're gonna reference mutants necessarily um uh or i don't know if they reference necessarily fantastic four just because i don't know how much they know about what they want to do exactly that's that's the thing I, mean, yeah. I feel like we talked about it that i feel like they have they've been planning stuff and they've been you know workshopping mm-hmm. ideas but i think for them to put something in a movie you'd have to have much more something concrete for me and uh, yeah. you go ahead Kendall. well yeah and i feel like there's even like little things like like i think it's big like who these who they even cast for these characters yeah. you know what i mean so like if marvel knows we're going to cast like like a, an a list superstar as like wolverine they may feel the need to maybe want to tease wolverine or like Maybe the same for Professor X if that's the case. For Professor X, but like, I don't think they, I don't think they know who they're who they're gonna cast. You know, so it would be even premature to tease one of those characters unless they knew like, all right, this guy is gonna be like the face. But I don't know if they've gotten that far with Endgame coming out in like you know a month. You know, it feels like feels like it's a little late for that. Um, the one thing the, the one thing I want to say about the the Endgame post credit scene is off topic. But um, uh, credit to our, our dad, he was telling me that uh, not a, I, this is Captain Marvel spoilers, obviously for anybody that didn't see Captain Marvel. But when the uh, when we were talking, we had our whole discussion about the Secret Invasion thing, whether or not it's more likely or less likely. He said that there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not the daughter of uh, I guess Talos may end up being like the scroll queen and coming back to earth because she saw her her dad die um and she and given her age she might have been like 10 then she's gonna grow up like 20 years later be 30s and be in her 30s and maybe she is the uh the scroll the villain. um well Talos didn't die in the movie he would have to like he died like you're saying he would have died some time down the line well, did he, he got no, shot he but die. he he didn't die well he, he didn't yeah he didn't die but he got yeah. shot right but like by, for by a creed like, guy yeah for whatever reason she, you know she thinks that uh you know she was corrupted or something i don't know uh, i mean i don't i don't i don't think i think that i think that could that girl end up being the main villain or the, the the person behind the secret invasion, possible. Do I do I think that it's going to be anything to do with what we saw in Captain Marvel? No, I don't think that there's anything. I think Captain, if anything, her 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 interaction with people from Earth were very kind. So I don't know where why she would then feel like I need to take over. Yeah, I I don't think so either. I mean, and I think with Secret Invasion, like the whole thing with Secret Invasion is you had this sleeper agent, like right. the right. whole time. You know, it's multiple like, sleeper agents. Yeah, multiple sleeper agents. Yeah, so it's like well. it's not like she would have been staying there the whole time. You know, 
And then she came back. Yeah, because the Scroll Queen in the in the Secret Invasion was Spider Woman. Well, that was Spider Woman. She was there the whole time. Right, exactly. And she'd been yeah. there for twenty years. Yeah. So I I don't see her being there. This like she wasn't there this whole time. We know they left. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's probably not gonna happen. It wouldn't surprise me because I think that they introduce a young person, and it seem it just seems like they're introducing a lot of young people for them to be important. So right. I and would just it, given the time of it being, uh, of it and, being like you know her being like in the 1990s and her being like you know a uh, young you know yeah and even whatever. like to me like her dad being like a high end general in the Scroll Empire like that's big because right. again if you're talking about a Scroll Queen that has to be someone who's royal blood so she might be royal blood but she's not that far off if he's like a really high general so um. And I think, again, if Captain Marvel becomes the face of Marvel, having a direct connection with the main villain of the next big Avengers event would make a lot of sense. So I, I could see that. I could, I could see why people would come up with that. I could see where, 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 where that could possibly happen. Again, I just think that now you're taking a person who, again, by all accounts, was you know a refugee and saying this is the person that's going to become radicalized and become... A terrorist essentially that's that's a, <laughs> saying a lot i mean you know you could do it but i, I based on how they they again they portrayed the scroll was i don't want to litigate that conversation again but wait the way they kind of presented the scroll i don't know if that's the best way to go about it i think if they were going to do that i think they'd be better off introducing to me honestly now that you have super scroll i know he's not in the comic at all but i almost think that maybe he should be the kind of person you would introduce is leading the scroll kind of situation you know, but and that could be a good way to also introduce the Fantastic Four. If that's why you wanted to do that. So, um, but I don't know. It's it's it, the whole Fox My, Disney thing definitely has yeah. has put a shadow over. You know, what are we gonna see post credit? Because we all know that post credit is gonna be huge for Endgame. Yeah, I, I just hope my my only fear with Endgame is that the post credit scene isn't something that is like, yeah, we're just gonna tease like you know Adam Warlock's gonna be in Guardians Three. You know what I, mean? I don't think they're gonna do that. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, I don't care. Like we already did that. You I mean, I mean from what I, I mean, every Avengers post trail post credit scene isn't. It, I mean, they've all been pretty big, right? The first I mean, one was Thanos. They've all been Thanos, right? Well, the second one was Thanos. What was the second one? What did he do? It was him getting the gauntlet. I gotta do it myself. He said. Yeah. Yeah. He go. He grabbed the gauntlet. Says I gotta do it myself. Because Ultron can do it. What right. was the first one? Oh, he smiles. Yeah, what? yeah super CG looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah really bad looking CG. He has two, <laughs> he has two um, yeah, no, they've always gone big. I, I would be surprised if it wasn't anything. <laughs> I, I can't. I, it's not gonna be Adam Warlock, and Adam Warlock's dope, but like, it's, that's not gonna be it. It could be. It may be one of the one of the uh, post credit scenes. I don't think he's gonna be, especially when they. I bust. don't want to be like, all right, post credit scene is gonna be. Oh yeah, you know, uh, what's his face? The dude from uh, Baron Mordo. <laughs> you know, gonna be no. the villain in Doctor Strange. You know, I'm like, ah. no, no, I don't think so. I don't know what you did, Sham. Yeah, they, they, they're not gonna do nothing like that. There's no way they're gonna do something like that. Half the people in the crowd are gonna be like, "Who's this?" Yeah, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the thing because people don't see every Marvel for them to think that like it's gonna be that. Crazy. I mean, the only the only other thing I could see. Is some kind of send off to to Evans and Downey, like mm-hmm. if, it, if it's something that's not plot related, 
or it could be plot related, but not like plot as in like, oh, like the next big thing. It could be like, we think Captain America's dead and he's not dead, but like we kind of know, but he's like retired. Like I think of like, you know, Bruce and Selena in France when Alfred pulls up in right, dark. Right. Like something, I can see something like that happening. Well, that's the book. Like, and, and that's post credit scene. Like, it would be kind of like, like today it would be lame, but I'm sure watching the movie when we're crying when Captain America's dead and he's alive would be great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I remember that 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 Dark Knight one. That was like that was dope. That was dope. Yeah, that worked really well. Um, it's funny how that movie recently on social media, I feel like it's just being very much litigated about whether or not it's a good movie. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Well, Jamal Hill kind of started it because she said like. There's not. There aren't three. There aren't. There aren't three Marvel movies better than any of the movies in the Dark Knight trilogy, and people went crazy. Yeah, you can't say that. But I agree with you. But <laughs> like, I don't think that it means that that's a bad movie. I just think that Marvel's a high bar. Right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. But there are a lot of people who don't. There are a lot, a lot more people than I expected that did not like that movie. And I understand some some reasons I get. Some of the reasons I don't. I just think the hype was too out of control. The hype was crazy. Yeah, the hype yeah. was so out of control. Yeah, I mean, to me, honestly, I think I think that Endgame maybe Endgame and I think Infinity War kind of twofold. I think are like the only movies I say that were more hyped than that movie for for our superhero movies. I agree. Like, I agree with that too. Like, like Dark Knight Rise. I think the hype for that was just like through the moon, insane, and we're never gonna see anything like that. For, I don't know where I was going to do that for a solo movie. Like, I don't yeah. think Black Panther 2 or Wonder Woman 84 is going to be like that. Nah. Not yeah. on, oh, well, it's too early to say that about Black Panther. Because we don't know what it's about yet. I guess. But I, the, but I my only thing is, like, if they say, like, you know, Black Panther 2 is going to be, like, you know, Black Panther versus, versus Doctor like, Doom. Doctor Doom, for example. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, that, that would be kind of crazy. I, <laughs> like, I can see people, like, losing their minds. But... You know, assuming that they don't do anything like they don't reach out of their pocket a little bit for something like you know earth shattering, then yeah, I could I understand that. Um, let's uh, move on to some news. A little more unfortunate. We having a fun time on this show today. Uh, Kevin Tuchihara is out at Warner Brothers. He has resigned. It seemed like his days were numbered, and he could be fired at any moment before he resigned. It stemmed from uh, a sex scandal he had regarding a young woman who was an actress, Charlie, Charlotte Kirk, I believe her name is. Apparently, according to an a, a article that was, a, that was released by The Hollywood Reporter, he had engaged in this sexual relationship with this young woman. And in return for this relationship, he was essentially putting her in spots to get auditions for roles that she would not have typically got because she has zero experience basically before these recent movies. I know she was in Oceans. She was in the last Oceans movie and she was in another movie recently. Uh, so so this came out obviously for him it was very embarrassing. For her part in it she denies that of course she denies that uh, she that she had, that this had anything to do with uh, her and that you know she thinks that it's unfair that this happened to him but nonetheless this is a uh, bad look for Warner Brothers, so he is no longer uh, working there. We know that he had very much been in the fold with DC. He hired uh, who we have now, Walter Hamada. He was. Uh, we've seen some of these conversations in the in the background in regards to like uh, 
the making of these movies not we haven't seen conversations but we've had like source reporting about like some of the things that warner brothers has been valuing and we've kind of gone back and forth about how tucci Howard's run the show uh, i get i give this one to you sham first uh what do you make of the news of tucci Howard's ouster uh i think it's unfortunate you know i think um uh you know i don't think it's okay what what was happening <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, with with regards to his relationships, those are what they are, you know. But, you know, he shouldn't be helping people get roles when, you know, it's, you know, that shouldn't be based on, you know, who you're with or who you're seeing, who you're sleeping with. Things like that shouldn't help you get roles. So that's not good. Um, you know, that's something that should not have been done. And, you know, him having to step down is just a result of him having made that poor decision, you know. Um, you know, uh, it is what it is. He's going to have to live with the consequences. I don't think he, you know, now, you know, this isn't a Harvey Weinstein no. type situation where it's like, get this guy out of Hollywood forever. <laughs> no, I mean, it seemed, I mean, this was, yeah, this seemed like, as sick as this may sound to people, this seemed like a business transaction, basically, that was going on. That he gets something in return for this woman. It wasn't a, yeah. what Harvey Weinstein was doing was more like, I'm going to just, force myself on yeah and like it that was like totally crazy and sick and different than what is happening with tujihara to be clear and i'm glad you made that uh yeah made that you know this does not seem at all like a weinstein uh situation yeah i mean he was he was yeah i mean mean, he was roger ailes yeah roger ailes you know yeah yeah i mean this guy i mean like you know obviously weinstein has like rape charges he's trying to yeah, fight this right guy, now. so yeah. two yards there's nothing like that with him everything by all accounts was consensual kirk came on and said our relationship did happen but she said it was years before whenever these texts that were revealed that came out happened that were affecting what she what people were saying was her roles in some of these movies she was getting right like the problem like shamari you know you know yeah, he that that Shamari highlighted is just the the the, the problem of Tushiar's role in that Warner Brothers and why he can't do the role, you know, if he's engaging in these kind of uh, like EJ said, these kind of uh, relationships or transactions or whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, nothing explicitly criminal. Yeah. So so I don't know. I hope that he gets so he finds some kind of work. Um, uh, something else to do. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine financially. He'll he'll be fine financially. He'll, yeah, he was a, the man was a CEO of a major, <laughs> uh, one of the major major companies. Like like yeah, there's like really like the, yeah, there's only money. like three or four companies basically doing what Warner Brothers does. Yeah, when you combine music and TV and everything, so yeah, he'll probably be okay. Yeah, he'll be okay. But like you know, it's just um. You know, I do appreciate what he's been able to do at Warner Brothers, you know, with, uh, uh, again, not only DCEU, I mean, there's also the Harry Potter movies and, and, and you know, all these other yeah. properties that he's had to oversee. Um, and I think overall, you know, he's done, he's done a decent job. The DCEU is just, or I guess World's of DC now, you know, turning itself around and, and uh, you know, he brought on Hamada and doing all these things. So, um you know, it'll be it's interesting to see, or it will be interesting to see who they bring in to replace him, and how that's going to affect, uh, really just everything. 
I mean, I'm glad this isn't affecting Hamada. He still in plays. Hopefully, this doesn't affect his position. Um, uh, and uh, I am, I don't know. I guess I'm just looking, looking forward to see what happened, what happens next um, at Warner Brothers. Tuji Hara was 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 hired, I believe, in 2013, which was right around the time that Man of Steel happened. So basically, post Man of Steel, mm-hmm. he kind of has been the head head of everything that's been happening. Obviously, DC, the DC division has had various heads. We've had Zack Snyder, we've had uh, Jeff Johns for a hot second. Uh, right. Now we have uh, Hamada. Kendall, what do you make of do you, what do you make of kind of Tucci Howard's uh, role in the play that he's played and what we've seen from DC now that he's gone? What will his legacy kind of what we look back on in terms of what he did for Warner Brothers DC division? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of the big question is what kind of effect will this even end up having on Warner on Warner, on the DCU specifically, and uh, whether or not this is like something that will is this a nothing burger you know this one of those deals where like you know in sports where like an, an owner you know gets ousted for whatever reason but like the ship is ran the same or the ship is maybe ran better or or will it be a completely new or will we have a new guy come in and be like yeah i want to change everything up um i don't think that's going to be the case and even if that is in some capacity i don't think that uh, with the success of Shazam and Aquaman and Wonder and Wonder Woman, that I don't think they're going to try and change anything up with the DC properties that uh, Warner Brothers owns. Um, I definitely feel like Tushihara wasn't the best when it came to comic book movies. His, his track record, uh, you know, the, the 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 worst era of DC movies in history, modern history, uh, was under his watch. <laughs> so. Um, that's certainly not a not a positive, I would say. Uh, but uh, you can only blame him but so much because his decision was basically, I'm just going to give the reins to Zack Snyder for the most part. Sure. And I mean that's his decision, and he screwed up in that in that regard. But and you know it's not even a, this isn't even really a bash Zack Snyder thing, but like he's not hands on, you know, <laughs> like he's not the guy that's saying I I want you know Superman to rip Zod's neck. I want it to be super dark, or I want this to happen, and he doesn't doesn't care. I, I mean, the most he probably did was like he was definitely probably involved in the casting of Affleck, you know, if that hadn't already happened um, by the time he was there. But like, I feel like beyond that, like I don't know if he had like a huge huge input. Like, like again, major castings like Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot and Affleck. Uh, Margot Robbie, like, those type of deals I'm sure he was involved in, but beyond that, like, I don't think that this will end up having a huge impact uh, on what DC does going forward. Um, the One of the things to think about, too, uh, with Tucci Hara, which I was reminded of, was maybe one of the biggest... The biggest scandal before this was that opening open letter that happened uh, in 2016 from that anonymous person who had been working in Warner Brothers who basically said that Tucci Hara was kind of asleep at the wheel and that he was letting Zack Snyder pretty much burn DC to the ground and that uh, he was unable to really uh, make any number one movies. Uh, and he also points to the layoffs that they did. And so, you no, know, Kevin's time was not 
you know, smooth, to say the least, I would say. He was the first. But shout out to him being the first Asian man or Asian person, I think, to ever lead a major Hollywood uh, studio. That's obviously great progress. And hopefully this incident doesn't deter, you know, other studios from uh, doing that kind of diversity. But, yeah, I mean, when I think of Tuchihara's time, I'm going to think about, you know, there being a feeling at DC of tone deafness to me. Uh, this letter, I remember, kind of pointed to that. Some of the stuff that decision DC made pointed to that. Uh, clearly, what we've seen from Wonder Woman, uh, Shazam, possibly, and Aquaman's three out of the last four movies, it seems like there's been a shift. So hopefully we're, we're, uh, we're getting in the right direction. But as you guys said, um, and what in the, in the message kind of we've gotten from, from Tucci Howard has been that maybe he's kind of been out of touch with what the fans really want. I remember him supposed to be loving Batman v Superman and then being shocked that everyone hated it. Uh, obviously, I remember this letter being put out that he essentially was um, not holding Zack Snyder accountable and letting him uh, ruin the DCEU. But at the end of the day, you got to give him credit where credit is due when it came to firing, finally firing Snyder and putting Hamada in charge, seeing what we got from Aquaman, seeing what we're getting from Shazam. It seems like DC's headed in a better direction, though. It's not perfect. We, we talked about the issues with The Flash. We talked about the issues with the Batman. Um, so still DC's kind of worked themselves out. But it seems like they're headed on the right track. I think he deserves a lot of credit for, for trying, to be, uh, trying to be bold. With, with allowing DC to really say, you know what, we're going to try to go head-to-head with Marvel and try to create something big. Um, so I think he deserves credit for that, but I think the execution was really bad. And maybe his lack of, of, of again, I think being a little out of touch with this culture hurt him. And as far as his scandal, I mean, his scandal is obviously very embarrassing for what he did. As Shamari said, I agree, it's hard for that guy to continue to be uh, a movie executive when like it's it's basically put out there that you're you're just giving out jobs to people who you're involved with you know and yep. look that could very well be happening but once it becomes public that it's happening then you're it's over fam pack it up sweetheart as adam Sharon would say it's over so um so it is what it is uh we'll see what happened with warner brothers i, I am curious to see what does happen because again it seems like dc's having momentum we just talked about it earlier in the show. I am curious, you know, whoever they put in charge, like, you know, will they kind of have more of a hands-on approach with, with, with what's happening in DC's division inside Warner Brothers? Uh, will they uh, be more hands-off? Will they not like the direction? Will they maybe feel like superhero fatigue is coming in and we need to maybe pull back on what DC is doing? Because we know there's a lot of plans at DC. Or it's a lot of ideas. I don't know if there are a lot of plans. <laughs> there are a lot of pl- ideas at DC and things they want to do. Will someone rein it back? So uh, how this affects DC moving forward will be very interesting uh, for that. But like I said earlier in the show, I said we we're going to tease a new segment today. And uh, we're going to be calling this uh, temperature checks. So obviously... There are a lot of movies, a lot of stuff in development, movies that we're not going to be talking about week to week because they're not close to being made or they're, again, in development. But obviously, every now and then, we want to try to check on some movies we haven't talked about in a long time, especially when there's news regarding those movies. So we're trying this new segment out. We're going to call it Temperature Checks. That name is a working title as of now. 
But uh, we're going to do a temperature check on Wonder Woman 1984. We're doing a temperature check on this movie. Shamar, of course, this movie stars um, uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Uh, it's directed, once again, by Patty Jenkins. It is not quite a sequel from to Wonder Woman, even though it is in... It is, you know, years after the first one, 50 years after the first one, pretty much. Um, we got some interesting news in regarding the, the, the release date of this movie. So, thinking about this film that we've not talked about in a long time, uh, Charles Roven, who was a producer on the film, kind of gave some details as to why the release date was pushed back. When the movie first came out and it did so well, they pretty much announced Wonder Woman 2, like, even before Wonder Woman 1 came out. Like, when the reviews were going crazy, they were like, yeah, Wonder Woman 2 is happening. Even though they didn't sign Patty Jenkins yet. There was so much stuff that had to happen. They didn't sign Gal Gadot. Like, there were a lot of things that had to go through, but they were very ardent about doing Wonder Woman 2 immediately. And once they got their ducks in a row, the word was that this movie was supposed to come out uh, November 2019. That was an official release date that DC had. But now we're learning, of course, since that time, they pushed that movie back all the way to June of 2020, which is almost a full year ahead. And now we're learning that's because of some production snags uh, and the pre-production snags in terms of the, the rush clock that, that, that Warner Brothers put on Patty Jenkins and the crew of Wonder Woman 1984. So speaking with Collider, shout out to Collider, Charles Rovin said, uh, quote, we always wanted the date that we're on right now, meaning June 5th, 2020. The studio felt that until their slate for the year uh, before came together and they had an amazing end of 2018, that they needed to have a big, what I call, aircraft carrier, a, quote, tentpole in 2019. We had very, we had a very rushed pre-production because Patty also did the TNT show, and we had a very rushed post-production schedule in order to make the date that we were on which was on November 1st, 2019. We were doing it because the studio said they really needed it. And then at a certain point, they came to us and, and they said, you know what, you guys are right. Let's go back to the month that you guys uh, that you, that you guys released Wonder Woman in and take the extra time. So, I'll be honest. This, this scares me. <laughs> this news scares me. Not necessarily maybe for this movie, because it may sound like cooler has prevailed. But if DC is still working under the notion that they have to do things under a... Look, and to be fair, before I say that, I've been the one saying, you need a slate, I need to know what's happening, stop putting us in the dark. That's So I, I get that there is pressure in that standpoint, but it is concerning that there was pushback on what felt like an early release date for a movie that they were not ready for and that it took a long time for DC to decide or Warner Brothers, whoever, it could have been Warner Brothers, I don't know, uh, to decide, no, this is not a good idea. I'm hoping that this is an isolated incident and this doesn't become a thing where other movies are rushed into production. Um, I talked about how quickly Shazam was made and done I don't know if that was rushed in production. If it was, it doesn't seem like it affected it. But I'm hoping that this is a, a this is a isolated incident. But Shamari, do you, does this give you some concern about Wonder Woman 84? Hearing that there was uh, there was a rush pre production because of them working towards a date that they were not ready for. Uh, I'm not concerned about the movie, just because you know they seem to 
uh, as you said, cooler heads prevailed. It seemed to have been like, no, we really need to stay. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and they kind of backed off and gave them that date. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you in that it's unfortunate that, you know, they're so, they, you know, really wanted that 2019 date and they really wanted that tentpole movie, so to speak, uh, for fans to look forward to. I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, with Warner Brothers, uh, and I think also with Marvel, though apparently to a lesser extent, I think maybe just Feige just has that kind of, um, uh, he has that kind of pull, I guess, at this point. But, but I think also with Marvel, but especially with Warner Brothers, you have these suits, you know, in the back where they're just like, listen, the but uh, we need this, we need this amount of profit. Yeah, we need to make this kind of money by the end of the yeah, year. Exactly. Or by the so end of the year. So I can get my bonus. So I can get my yacht. Yeah, by the last <laughs> quarter, we need this amount of profits. Yeah. But from you, so come out with the movie or someone's going to get fired or something like that, right, you know? Yeah. It, you know, and that's just how it is, unfortunately. Have, these companies are so big and they're making so much money. And when you're making this much money, you start to rely on making that kind of money. And it becomes just, we need bigger, bigger, more, more, more. And it's just... It becomes unsustainable. So, I mean, I feel like that's just the nature of of a big business of big businesses. Sure. Unfortunately, that a lot of it is just that's just how they work. It's just a matter of trying to work around that. Um. Uh, so it's never good to hear, but I feel like it kind of is what it is, and I'm glad that it hasn't affected uh, Wonder Woman eighty four too much. What do you say, Kendall? Um. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's not great, but um, I don't look at, I don't look at that and I say that this movie is like, you know, I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm not, uh, not overly concerned, uh, just as long as whatever they intended the movie to be, if it ends up being that, then, you know, I'm fine. Um. If that if that is the if if we if the end product ends up being what Patty Jenkins intended it to be, uh, then I'm fine. But ultimately, you know, we have seen projects that have been hurt by being rushed. Uh, obviously, Suicide Squad yes. being the prime example, and that's another DC property. So it's not like this is a nothing burger. But um, you definitely want to make sure that this is. Uh, if it ends like, again, if it ends up being what it's intended to be, uh, I'm not concerned. Um, I do find it interesting that uh, they're also saying that they don't really consider this movie a sequel. Yes, um, it's not a sequel. I don't, you know. I mean, I feel like it being, I mean, it being like so far in advance in that regard probably doesn't act as a sequel. I mean, it's Captain America: Winter Soldier. Like, it is a sequel because Winter Soldier is a villain. But yeah, yeah. Like, if he wasn't the villain, would it be a sequel? Like, probably not in terms of like it doesn't really connect to anything that happened in the first movie besides the whole Bucky relationship. Um, and we're not very likely not going to have something like that in Wonder Woman eighty four. Uh, besides, maybe a you know Steve Trevor clone um, grandson or whatever played by Chris Pine. Um, I would love to know what the hell is the deal with that. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a little cartoony probably, but it I mean, feels very likely. Yeah, but I mean, at least some things you gotta kind of just like leave to disbelief, you know. So you gotta leave open. 
but nah, but no, nah, my my concern level is fairly low with this movie. So your concern level is low? Yeah, I mean, I would say my concern level for the movie is a little higher than low, but not medium. I don't know, whatever that is, wherever that stands, that's probably where I would be. Mm. It does raise my eyebrows a little bit, because I'm like, Patty did such a great job with this movie you got that they did before, and Gal did such a great job, and that whole crew did such a great job. Like, the idea that they're telling you something, and you're ignoring them, it just is not what I wanted to hear in regards to, like, the backstage workings of their most important solo property at the moment. At least most lucrative, I would say. I don't know if most important, but... Uh, it's most important in terms of it's active, most definitely most act current, most important active property, and definitely it's most lucrative as of today. I, I would have liked to have seen them have a little more care for it than just being you need to be on this date because reasons like that can't be that can't be how this operates. Like they got they, I would have liked them to have more knowledge and be smarter about that because when they gave Patty the freedom to do what she wanted in the first movie, they got that great success. Why are they meddling with, you need to have it at this time, in this date, and throwing her off her comfort zone because of, again, fourth quarter profit, profits. That's basically what this is. You know, That's a little concerning to me, but as I said, it's a little more concerning outside of just this movie, just the landscape of DC and Warner Brothers and their relationship. It kind of makes me think about the relationship that Feige has with the higher ups at Disney and, and how I wonder I wonder if he has these similar issues. You know, is Disney coming to him saying you need to have X amount of movies at this time? Is he fighting with them saying I can't do that? Or are they kinda of just letting him set the schedule and then he just says this is what we're doing and they say, Okay. And they are they just a bank? You know, I don't I don't know. Uh I haven't really seen these kind of issues arise with uh with marvel yet not at least to make the public i have not seen uh we have they have had they haven't had a movie official release date get pushed back except for black panther because of the spider-man uh drop i know guardians dropped but there wasn't an official release date for that and, but it doesn't seem like there's ever been a, a studio meddling reason as to why things have been pushed pushed back so hmm. it makes me wonder if if you know is, is something like is something like this happening is that is that Hamada or whoever was the head of DC at that time giving Patty problems? Or was this Warner Brothers giving Patty problems and they're not being enough of a buffer in between to really stand and say, no, we can't do this because this isn't going to work? Um, yeah, It makes is, me wonder. I don't know which way it is. Yeah, but. it does make you wonder. I can't really guess it one way or the other because I have no idea Yeah, you know how those, <laughs> how those relationships work. Um, I mean, Hamada could be the one on on patty's right saying hey sure absolutely i agree they they need more time please give them more time (laughs) but if he doesn't have the power and he doesn't have the confidence from warner brothers and they're saying no i need this date because i need to get my yacht at the end of the year when this bonus that we get from these earnings that is concerning that 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 is not good news if that's the case if it i mean almost every scenario is not great news. So like, well, if it's Hamada saying, I want this date because I need to make this kind of money, it seem, it doesn't seem like it will be him because... He just got there. He One, he just got there, and two, he doesn't seem to be a guy that... I don't know, he just doesn't strike me as a profits guy. 
I mean, in the movies, I know it was like a great profit yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, he was a he was mainly a film producer. Right, he's a film producer <laughs> guy. I can't imagine him being an X's and O's type of money guy. So I, it, that the whole I need a tentpole move for 2019. I, that doesn't sound like him. So I assume, or I pre, I presume rather, that that it's coming from higher up. And my question is: Does Hamada have enough uh, power and enough confidence to be that buffer to, to help them? Or are they really listening to him? Mm. I don't. I don't know. Those are questions we don't have the answer to. But it is this is a fascinating movie to me because, like you said, there this isn't a sequel. So how does that exactly work? Um, does it become end up becoming a soft reboot to 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 fall more in line with whatever the new vision is for uh, DC? Now that there is no more, you know, Snyderverse, no more Justice League, it's gonna be it's gonna be something to keep an eye on. But um. Let's do our uh, show recaps of the week, guys, before we get out of here. So let's start with The Flash. Uh, these were both, we're doing The Flash now this week. These were both pretty significant episodes. I know Flash is now on a hiatus until next month. I don't know, what's the deal with Arrow? Did they announce a hiatus or is there an episode next week? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know, actually. Um, I'll check that while one of you guys are talking. but Or you guys, one of you guys check that while I'm talking. But regardless, let's talk about The Flash. Um, so this episode is kind of coming off of the reveal of the new cicada being you know i guess really the now we know for sure the rest the villain for the rest of the season or at least for the the time being um and kind of understanding who this villain is so we know it is uh the og cicada's niece uh gracie from the future and she's come back into the past how exactly we don't no, we know how. I mean, we should use the pod that was used by, uh, by by uh, Barry and and Reverse Flash in season one, to uh, to somehow get back into the past, and she's on a mission to now work with her father to hunt down. Excuse me, her uncle to hunt down, uh, not only Meta's but the specifically the Meta who killed her parents, which we learn is an accident. A freak accident, but I tell you this: this episode to me, this this episode did not work for me. Uh, I came away pretty disappointed with what they established. The I thought the character motivations for the OG Cicada just seemed like, extremely off. Uh, this was a guy who didn't seem to have much care for Metas on any level. No regard for who may be innocent, who may be guilty, who is not a dangerous person, who is a dangerous person. Uh, this guy was just just hunting down metas, regardless of really who you were. Um, yes, he targeted a lot of criminals, but he also was targeting regular people too, who were metas. Mm-hmm. And he saw Gracie trying to kill people, and he he, he just saw the light. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. And maybe they needed a moment to 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 relay that. They didn't do that. So I'm going by what I'm watching, and it seemed like a change of heart that didn't make any sense with the character they established. A character I never liked to begin with. Um, and I, I just thought it was lame. I, I just don't understand how you could create a character who has such a hatred for, for Metas. Uh, his his um, his niece, who, you know, who was hurt by Metas in his eyes, uh, comes and, and takes up her, his mission. And his reaction is totally like, stop doing this. Like, we can't kill all metas. Like, I, that's not, it's not consistent with his character. 
Um, her powers seem broken, even worse than Cicada's power, the OG Cicada's powers. I, I don't know. I, I thought that when we saw they were moving away from the OG Cicada, this felt like a great opportunity to introduce Reverse Flash as the villain for the rest of the season or just something else. And the fact that we're kind of stuck with this character who's one note, she really doesn't have much depth to her. She's just all anger and just all blood bloodlust. I don't know. Uh, this is this is not this season of Flash has been more enjoyable than last season because it hasn't been as ridiculous. But I, I just feel like I, I don't know. I just feel like they're kind of just like just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, that's the impression I got after watching this episode. Yeah, um, and there is an episode of, not an episode of Flash this week as well. There is an episode this week. Yeah. Why did I think there was a? Uh, I don't know. But there's no Didn't they say on. April? No, there's no, yeah, there's no, yeah, it's episode, uh, or it's April 16th. Oh, really? Yeah, it's April 16th. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know why, I don't know why I was thinking it was going to be another. Um, no, they, yeah, they're on hiatus. Okay. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, mostly, mainly I feel the same way, you know. Um, I mean, this is, uh, this whole situation, I mean, even, and this new Gracie, this older Gracie, has even less motivation than, than the original Cicada, yeah. you know, whose motivation I already, you know, was kind of pissed off about. Uh, this Gra- Gracie's just evil. She's just evil. Hates metas because I heard that's what Uncle Orlin was telling me while I was sleeping. So I just hate all metas. And I found out that they probably had something to do with my parents' death. Yeah, it was like when the evidence showed that that it was an accident that like could have happened to anybody. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't care. I'm killing everyone. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, like, this right. is a very bad person and I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, I don't know. And her powers are just insanely, insanely broken. Um, like you were saying, even more so than the original Cicada. I mean, she threw that dagger and me and EJ, we were watching this. When she threw that dagger, and it was just chasing excess oh my God. all around, all, all that, around Central that, City. I said it wasn't that ridiculous last season. That was one of the more ridiculous moments in the series of The Flash. And I it's mean, going just as fast as she is. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the thing. If they're gonna just do that, then just make a speedster villain. Yeah, because that's what that is. It's just oh, someone uh, not instead of a person chasing a speedster, it's just a dagger chasing a speedster. And going in the, I mean, I told Shamar, yo, that was like the the, the dark side Omega Beam, like how did, <laughs> like how they allowed this girl to control the the dagger in that way was just it was just insane. Yeah, that was completely ridiculous. And she was just standing there, like having a stare down, just staring down. Uh, I don't know, Flash or whoever else was there, while this dagger just going all over the city. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is this? Like, it's completely ridiculous. Um, you know, she's even more ruthless than the original Cicada. And this original Cicada's uh, change of heart completely came out of nowhere. I mean, they didn't, like, you're you're right, EJ, they didn't show that moment of, like, realization. And even when he was trying to convince Gracie, I'm like, can you approach it as someone that was Cicada? Right. He's approaching it as if he's like, of course this is crazy. Why would you be doing this? Like, no, you were just doing this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What he, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't even come to the regulation. Oh, I messed up. Yeah, he's just like, it's what's like, wrong with you, fam? Gracie, they weren't the cause of this. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's so frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating to watch, and it's just, it's really aggravating. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with like the Flash writers. This, 
this season and really the last three seasons. Yeah. You know, it's kind of been a just downhill thing. It, of, it's, it's me. It's like they're going through the motions. I, I, there's nothing bold about what they're doing with these last two villains at all. And the only bold thing, only bold story arc that they've even touched on this season has been just what the deal is with Reverse Flash and, right. and Nora, which was also the strongest point of these episodes. It's always one of the stronger points because it is a decent plot device. Um but, but those moments and that part of it is still so, it's such a it maybe it's not going to become a large part, but for a while it's been just a small part of the season. Like it, when they're dedicating so much time to to something that just seems thrown together, and it's just like trying. It's, it just to me like some of these episodes is like they're just trying to get to the, the season end of the season. It's like okay, let's not say okay to do some more bad stuff, and then. We'll, to get to the next episode and let's get to the next episode okay well we, everybody's tired of this guy well let's make a new cicada so we can just get to the end of the season like i i don't know kendall I, again this this episode left, left a lot to be desired what do you make of cicada and then also the the reveal of nora eventually uh having not really not even really being able to admit that she was working with reverse flash but to have uh have uh sherlock. wells yeah sherlock uh kind of out her um, yeah, yeah, no, nah, I mean, I feel like, uh, definitely, I think, I think that the best moment, I would say, of the, of the recent episodes was, um, that moment of them uncovering, or Sherlock, uh, uncovering her, uh, and revealing her secret. Uh, I feel like that's been the most interesting thing this season, like, so Absolutely. far. So... You know, it's not surprising. Um, but I definitely, uh, I definitely feel like I'm a little surprised that it got to that they revealed it now. Thought it would be a couple. I thought it'd be one of the last like two episodes of the season. Um, so if, from that perspective, I'm a little surprised. But uh, I, I'm not sure about this whole. Um, well, right now I'm not a fan of this whole cicada. Uh, Grace being the new cicada thing, and uh, I, I mean, I feel like it's not like it's not like awful. Where I'm like, man, like this is one of the worst villains in CW history. But I just, I, I'm just not sure. I'm not convinced yet if she is even the main villain. That's all I'll say. Is that I, I think that you still think this may come down to Reverse Flash in the end. <laughs> Reverse Flash, or I mean, the next episode is uh, Godspeed. Is, is Godspeed? Uh, being directed by Danielle Panabaker. So, shout out to her. That should be cool. But to his parents. Uh, if she, if if I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Godspeed ended up being the villain. Um, if they want to do something like that, uh, I mean, I think at this, it would be late to introduce a new person, another new person to me. I mean, they. I mean, they're going to. The, the question is whether or not that person is going to be the villain or not. Um, but what could? What was Reverse Flash really? What it, could he really been hinting at that was that crazy? Do Do we think that it was Cicada's, you know, niece or whatever? What do you mean? What was he hinting at? Or like he kept saying, like you know, like that they had, like he kept telling Nora that he's got to like that they've got to fix something or like. You know, something's coming. 
Well, I think he realized something was coming because the timeline was broken essentially. Like he couldn't, right. he couldn't even I, get a. a, a good I mean, I thought he was always referring to of, like Barry's disappearance. Right. Yeah, they were working towards Barry's disappearance. That's been their whole thing. Right. That, right. Like, like she would help him. I guess I assume by getting him out, and in return she would he would help. She he would help Barry not disappear. Uh, the recent concern has been the timeline is broken. I can't say what's going to happen. I don't know when your dad's going to disappear, if he's going to disappear, if he's going to die. I don't know what's going to happen. You got to just reveal what's happening because the timeline is shattered. The assumption, or at least the, they're, they're peeking at like, oh, it's broken because this girl has not come back into the past. If there is something else, if it's Godspeed, that is actually the thing that's coming. I, I certainly hope it's something else besides that. It just seems like we're going to episode 18. Uh, it was a 24-episode season. So, I mean, six episodes, you can get a lot out of five, six episodes. But for that to be the end of the season would be a little weird to me. Especially since it seems yeah. like this next episode. Is, I don't know what's going to happen in this episode. Because it's called Godspeed. You know, for the people who read, who are reading the, um, the DC Rebirth, we all know what that is. Um... Augustus, I can't remember his last name. Uh, the a new Flash villain who is a really good villain. Uh, I read the comics uh, introducing Godspeed, so we know what that's about. But it's the previews for next week pretty much all kind of hinted on the end, which was Barry throwing uh, Nora into you know the, the the Star Star Labs you know jail, so to speak, um, and her just pretty much being on lockdown because you know Barry feeling like she was he was lied to. So I don't know where Godspeed's gonna fit in. If that's just them kind of teasing us with the using the word, but doesn't mean that the villain is actually in the episode. Uh, what do you guys make of Barry's well, motivations? I, can, I mean, sorry, go ahead, Kano. Before we well, move. there, there are there are set photos of, of Godspeed. I have not seen those. Okay. Yeah, you haven't seen them, but he's gonna be in the episode. Whether how he factors in the entire season, we'll see. But you know, can confirm they're they're hiding they're hiding something obviously. Yeah, we don't know how much he's gonna be in the episode, but there is something that exists. Godspeed also end up being next season's villain too. Perhaps maybe this is our introduction yeah. to him, which would be smart, I think, to introduce a, a villain early. What did you guys make of um, Barry's motivations too? Before we move on, I thought that was this was also the other weird part of the episode to me. I thought that his when they were talking to the the, the meta human who was you know at that birthday party, I thought Barry was pretty harsh on that woman. To the point where I thought her being like "get lost, punk" was kind of like an actual appropriate response to him being so rude. Uh, and then, and then even like you know, now I thought like him throwing his daughter into the thing was actually more realistic and made more sense than his the first response. But I, Barry, this whole season has kind of been harping on second chances and understanding people, and understanding people are flawed. It was a little surprising this episode that he was so holier than thou the entire episode. No? Does anyone else feel that way? I felt that way. Especially when he was talking to that girl, woman. How he's like, you're lying to your family. I'm like, it's like isn't really, that kind dude? of selfish of you? Yeah, I'm like, really, I'm like, dude? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that was my response, too. I was watching him like, dang, I mean, I mean, it, it, I mean, that's something that you're going to struggle with. You got powers. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Like, you don't know how, they, how they're going to react. You don't know, like, so I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of not great and i feel like excess was kind of trying to tell him that you know so, but you know so i didn't really like that either it didn't bother me as much as everything else in the episode but right, I, 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 didn't, I didn't love that. I was to bother. you know 
Um, so I, I thought that could have been done better. I did. I did. Um, I was shocked, but I was shocked in a good way that Barry put excess in the in the uh, the meta vault. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it makes for some good drama going forward. Um, and I did not know either that get, there were Godspeed set photos, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that fits into uh, next episode. Yeah, well, we'll keep watching regardless. Uh, but yeah, uh, disappointed in a lot of stuff that happened in this episode. Let's uh, wrap up with uh, Arrow. So this episode of Arrow was actually completely set in the future, which I actually was pretty excited about, to be honest. Um, I thought this was uh, a good idea. I don't know how many times they've done these episodes where it's completely in the past. Um, they haven't done it that often. This is obviously the first time they've done an episode where it's completely in the future. But this had to happen because there there were so many, like, we're getting towards the end and there was so much we did not know about anything that was going on that they definitely needed a full episode. And I thought, like, the stuff that was happening in Star City currently, really, there wasn't anything pressing that I need to get back to Star City right now. Do we even have, like, a, a villain right now? <laughs> in terms well, of, that's like, my thing with this entire Dante, show. Dante. Yeah, it's, da- uh, it's, it's uh, Dante. Emi- Emiko, I guess. Yeah, and I guess Emiko, yeah, I mean, th- there was nothing I needed to go back to when was happening yeah. in Flash. My, ahead, like, my confusion with this show is that, like, what are they going to be trying to tie in with the future and the, and the, and the present? Because I mean, they, yeah. Right now, I don't see any tie-in besides, like, you know, Flissy being William pregnant. is around and... I mean, it sounds... Flissy's having a kid. Right, I mean, for way, the way it sounds, the tie-in, I mean, the tie-in I see is... We learned that none of them knew that Felicity had a kid with Oliver. So that means that Diggle is the only person that knows. Which is interesting, considering what's going to happen. Like, for them not to know, something's going to happen soon. Because, like, eventually Felicity's going to be showing. So, I, so, like, no one's going to be like, hey, what's going on? Are you pregnant? Like, like, right. like so that, may, that to me makes me think, okay, well, something... And Oliver's gone. And they don't even talk about what is his deal. We don't know if he's dead or if he's disappeared. Like, it's kind of not spoken, right? Or is there, or am I missing something? Is there a thing lying with someone says, oh, Oliver Queen is dead or he was killed? I haven't even heard those words. I don't think I've heard anything. No, they don't talk about Oliver, really. I was low-key expecting him to show up in this episode. I don't know about y'all. I low-key was expecting him to be the one to save the situation. I wasn't expecting him to show up at all. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't thinking about him. Um, I this, just kind of assumed he was off, like, you got the books. I just thought so because they don't say what his deal is. And, yes. Um, but in terms of answering your question about what the tie-in is, like, to me the tie-in is I think something drastic is going to happen in the next, in these last six episodes. Because they got to not know that Felicity has a kid. They got to not know that it's with Oliver. There's a lot that they got to hide. They're going to have to hide very soon for this to all make sense. Yeah. And, and then the tie-in at the end was that Felicity, whatever the program she's been working on, all this time that she was originally working on with Curtis, now she's working on her own, is the actual program that ends up being uh, the kind of conspiracy behind the the, the bombs that were going to go off in Star City. So that that was the connection that they made to the season. It was a small one, but it is a connection. What's, what's, what's kind of not confusing, but like what's different about this show that you know I kind of have to get used to is that like we're used to the Flash going into the future. Like that's not new. But in like the CW Arrowverse, but the difference is that with the Flash, when we've seen it, 
there's so much about like the timeline being changed, and like so like whatever you see in the future, like can, if it's dystopian, if it's apocalyptic, it can be altered. Yeah, it can be altered. Um, timeline is malleable. Shout, yeah, out, shout, malleable. shout out to the E of our thorns. But in uh, in Arrow, I guess the sense is that like whatever is happening now, like whatever happened, whatever happens in the future, like. It's only going to be because of what happened now. Nothing's going to change. Yeah, that's the impression I get. We're just seeing the way the events unfolded. Um, So that's that's the confusing part that makes this like odd. Makes this an odd choice, unless that's not the case. But that seems to be the case. I mean, it seems to be the case because remember, after the season, it's only ten episodes. I mean, we're we only have about sixteen episodes left of Arrow the entire for the entire series. Yeah. So I mean, I I would expect that they're working towards a very finite end to this. And Oliver being off the grid would be a finite end to this for sure. Uh, Shamari, what would you make of it? We haven't really talked about the episode much. Just real quickly, what did you even make of this episode? Um, I like the episode. I thought it was cool. I, I'm I'm digging the relationships going on between Mia, Felicity, William, uh, Connor, Hawk. I mean, everybody. I was digging it. I was digging I this like a Connor lot. Hawk. He's good. Yeah, I like Connor Hawk. I'm just digging like this Connor episode. Hawk. Um, completely. Did anyone else expect Felicity to be like, like in some basement, like looking crazy, I lay in a wheelchair or something, in yeah, a wheelchair, like, like all disheveled? I, I, I did not expect her to be like very well put together, like normal, like middle aged mother. Like, <laughs> she looked like she looked like a soccer mom. Like, I don't know what. Like, yeah. because why of she, the, why does she look so much younger than Dinah? Well, I like, think that's a put, make. I think that's a makeup problem. I think right. They, they, it's they, just like it's just bad. It's just bad because I'm like. They're supposed. To, they're like around the same age, but yeah, I, yeah, they they kind of look like she's like sixty. Yeah, Diana looks and really old, and like yeah, Felicity, Felicity looks, like looks no different. Yeah, Felicity. Yeah, Felicity looks. You just got a haircut. Yeah. I mean, then again, Diana's Diana's out in the streets. You That's know, true. Yeah. Diana's out taking pu- taking punches streets. and stuff. So yeah, yeah. there is that too. And maybe they did think about that. I don't know. Um, but no, that was the one thing I did uh, think about when I saw this was that like, like, I just assumed Felicity would like because the way her the way like. <laughs> Mia was talking about her mom. She made it sound like her mom was like some crackpot, right? She did, yeah. Like she made it sound like, yo, my which, mom is I mean, like a psycho. Like you don't want to deal with my mom. Which I mean, I guess like, she's a like, terrorist. I'm like, oh wow, like Felicity must have really gone off the deep end. Yeah, that's what which I was, I was kind of excited to see. So when we see like the first thing when she's like training her when uh Tom Nissa Agul, that was a cool, that was a cool cameo, yeah. and and she's training her. I'm like, oh, Felicity looks fairly normal, and then like you know. They, she finds out that she's been like working as a hacker again. She still is normal. She just has a, you know, a back cave, so to speak. And then when she's, you know, you know, when she, uh, when they find her finally in in that uh, in that facility, she's normal again. <laughs> like I'm like, where was this whole like crackpot you were talking about? She seems, you know, Felicity seems very measured still, even in this old age. Yeah, uh, older age. That was, I think they kind of. Oh, sold that, oversold that a little bit in the early episodes when we talked about Mia talking about her mom. Hmm. I also kind of thought like her hating her mom the way she did also didn't never hit for me. I didn't see yeah. what her mom was doing that was that bad for her to like. Sometimes you flip out like for that. me. I'm just like, right, yeah, all right. You just want to write that she hates her mom. Like, I, I didn't think like there's probably some stuff we didn't see that they that they're kind of implying. It's like I don't know. I feel like we saw a lot. <laughs> Like, she saw her mom working as a hacker to try to save the city. And she's like, no, you're doing something bad. And then she bounced. And then that was it. Yeah. So I, I never got Mia's beef, which kind of, to me, hurt 
the episode a little bit because like Mia's motivation, like I never, I never got anything with her. I was like, I don't know why you hit your mom. I don't really know why, what your whole deal is, why you're so like hot headed. They kept saying like, oh, you're like your father. I didn't think, I didn't think she acted like Oliver at all. Like, like I don't know. Did was I wrong on that? I, I like. So many times, Felicity kept trying to say, oh, you're just like your father. When she would, like, be, like, just, like, rude and, like, nasty. And I'm like, Oliver's not, like, rude. Like, he's just, like, kind of, like, thick-headed. And, like, kind of wants to work on his own. But he's not, like, vengeful and, like, oh, I'm never going to talk to you again. And I hate you. Like, I don't know. It, I just didn't get... I didn't get Mia's vibe in this episode. I, I felt like they were creating something in the earlier episodes. So this was going to be our episode to kind of fully understand her. And this episode did not do it for me. Mm. Though I did like the episode, to make it clear. But that her part in it, I, did, I was not... Every time she came on, I was like, I'm not feeling this character. And I wanted to. I, mean, I thought they oversold it a little bit. I mean, I guess I... I, I mean, I think it's... I think part of her issue as well is just the fact that... I think they sold this okay. In that she's still, like, young. And, like, she's... This feels like a phase to me, like a teen angsty kind of like I hate my mom because she lied to me or whatever. Like that's the vibe I'm getting. Though I agree, I think they oversold it a bit because she's harping on the whole like, you know, vigilantes are evil and they ruin the city. She was like, my mom's a terrorist. Yeah, my mom's a terrorist. I mean, she was saying some crazy like to me when you do when you sell that for all the whole season, we don't see Felicity. Like to me, I'm supposed to I'm taking that at face value. I'm like, oh yeah, Felicity is like, if she's not a terrorist, she's actually she is off the deep end. I think like that's the way you're pitching it to me because this is what this woman sees. To see that her her vision of Felicity is just completely off was like, I, I don't I don't know. It, it didn't hit right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't representing Felicity right at all. No. You know, so. Um, I kind of think that that's supposed to be the point. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be the point, and is that she's she's just not getting it. I kind of, I agree, I do not like it. I think it did not, yeah. that did not work. That was mm. not a good idea to me. Because I just was, I just left confused and hating the main character. Not hating, but like, disliking the protagonist. I'm not supposed to dislike the protagonist. At least, I don't think so. Unless you're telling me me have a turn and then she actually is a villain, like I, the way I understood it, she was she's still a protagonist even though she's kind of not likable. Uh, I, I don't think they did her any favors with how they wrote her. I did like that uh, Renee called uh, Felicity the calculator. She's not didn't, yeah, didn't she? Didn't didn't wasn't that like wasn't that like referenced earlier in these flashbacks that she was the new calculator? I feel like which, he did, yeah. Which yeah, was also, like, again, speaking to, like, her being a terrorist. <laughs> and, like, her being crazy. Like, I I just totally expected something very different than what we saw um, from uh, this episode. But I agree. I thought, I thought, I thought Connor Hawk was dope. I, he, he's a dope character. The actor is really good. We've seen him before, and he seems to play that role well. Um, I like William, too. I thought this was William, the actor that plays when I thought this was the best episode. I agree. Obviously, this was the most he got to act, but kind of really seeing him like really act. It's not just these snippets of of scenes. Uh, I thought he was. I agree. I thought he was actually excellent. He was probably my favorite character in this episode. What do you guys make of Renee's situation? We now know he's not like he's not just a bad guy. Like cornball. 
Wild dog. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, like, well, the way it was before, it made it sound like he was just a villain, but now it's like, oh, actually, no, like, the bombs are not actually going to go off and kill anybody. They're just going to destroy the landscape. Right, which to me is like, man, like, how nice, I mean, maybe we're just supposed to assume he's that naive, but like, Oh yeah, they got these bombs that are gonna create massive damage, but it's not gonna hurt anyone. Like, what? At, at the very least, that's very dangerous. To have bombs just planted in certain places and be like, "Oh no, we we control when they go off." Right. Yeah, it's very dystopian. Either way, I mean, it's the undertaking. That's what it is. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Which I was kind of hoping someone would say that, and they never did. This time. Right. I'm hoping. Yeah, because I'm hoping they don't. I'm hoping they realize this is what this is. Like that 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 they're being smart. And they're not just or they're not being like they're not like not realizing that you guys literally told us this kind of plan before, and it was the whole plot of season one. Uh, but I know I I liked a lot of the character. Well, a lot of the character moments in this episode worked a lot. Um, and I get I think I agree. I thought William was the standout in this episode along with Connor Hawk. Mia got on my nerves after a while, but I thought Felicity was really good. I, again, I'm still curious of what the deal is with Oliver. We don't really have an answer after this episode. Hmm. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you find out soon. Well, we will find out very soon because, again, based on this episode, I mean, Felicity is living outside the city with with her, this girl Mia. They grow up isolated. Like she runs Smoke Technologies, but not from the offices. She runs it from her home, which is offsite. This all has to happen very soon because we see the birth of Mia, and then immediately after that, Oliver is nowhere to be found. Right. A lot of stuff to unpack. I kind of, I kind of wish we can get. I hope we. I kind of hope we get another one of these episodes. I don't know if we will. Me too. I don't think we will, but I no, think we'll so get too. a full, a full future episode. But I imagine we will get more. Like there would be less secrets. Less hints, like I think, would just be like the story is going to be unfolding now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they definitely need to do that because the, the story's gone by very slowly. It would be nice if they kind of picked up the pace a little bit. Um, but we have about f- six episodes left, I think. So we're gonna have some time. It's twenty three episodes in the season. We're on episode that was episode uh sixteen. So yes, yeah, so we got seventeen through twenty three. So about seven episodes, six or seven episodes there. So we'll be keeping an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on all these shows. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Of course, you can check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Uh, follow us on uh, social media. Well, first of all, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media at uh, New Generation Podcast on uh, Instagram at New Generation Pod on Twitter. You can follow Shamari on Instagram, MC Shan22, and on Snapchat, the same handle. You can follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at Action EJ. We'll be back next week with more Hero Talk for Shamari and for Kendall. I'm EJ. Peace. <laughs>